Hello there. Welcome to Curiosity Killed Cat. I'm your host, Sarah. And today I'm going to be talking a little bit, um, just stepping into the shallow uh, beginning waters that is the Godfather saga. And then, um, you know, just treading right into the deep, dark Corleone, Lake Tahoe, cold waters. And, um, yeah, if you've, uh, if you've seen the movies then you under, hopefully understand the Tahoe reference. Um, but yes, starting off. <clears throat> okay. Well, what I'd like to do here is just go over the movies as a whole, like a little bit, because I like kind of forgot that like these movies are pretty old at this point. Like, They've been around for several decades, like some people's lifetimes. And, um, I was just a very, um, I don't know what it was, but when I was like 11, 12, 13 years old, all of a sudden I wanted to watch like Martin Scorsese movies, Quentin Tarantino, uh, you know, I, I just like, you know, mom and dad can, what Brian De Palma movie am I allowed to watch right now? Scarface? Perfect, please. Um, I don't know what it was. There was just something I just liked that darker side that you didn't usually see in chick flicks. Um, superhero movies weren't, uh, there weren't really a lot of anti-heroes yet. I think Batman was the only one. That's why Batman is like my guy, like, that's like my freaking super, superhero. Um, but to go back to this, um, this particular movie, I just had always wanted to see it. Like I just, everybody always talked about how it's like the greatest movie of all time. And you hear like full grown men, you know, weep about it and, and women with babes to the breast cry out. And it's just like people just, there's just, this movie has its own weird specific fandom. Um, a very diverse, vast, um, ever-growing fandom and uh yeah because I've I've seen a couple TikToks here and there you know like showing off like Michael Corleone just like being <laughs> his like emperor boss self so um anyways I'm getting ready to kick off uh, a couple Godfather edits and I just was like you know I still have uh, a little bit of headway to go on Salem's Lot and um I really kind of want to do Carrie and Salem's Lot like together in the same week. So that'll probably be next week or the week after. Um, but, uh, the next couple episodes will be Godfather focused. Um, going to kind of go over the world in a little non-spoiler, spoiler type of a way. So that way, if anybody wants to come along with this, um, you know, they're not going to know what Pacino's wife did at the end of the first Godfather. And you're not going to know what he does to, somebody very important in the family in the second movie, you know, just like all these things. So, um, yeah, going to set up the world because again, it's got this, uh, really fun fandom. Um, I think it's time to tap back into it. It's time to bring back like the Scorsese days, the Francis Ford Coppola days. I didn't even say his name yet. Um, but yes, Mr. Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. Um, just to get into him for a hot minute. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, anyone? Like, the most beautiful, art-housey, gothic, vampire, 
uh, dramatic, oh so dramatic, um, crossed oceans of time, uh, just chef's kiss, beautiful. And um, you couldn't get like two totally different types of films than like looking at Dracula and then looking at The Godfather. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Apocalypse Now all the way through. Um, wait, shit, was that Francis Ford Coppola or was that Kubrick? No, Full Metal Jacket was Kubrick. Okay. Um, anyways, so, yeah, Mr. Francis Ford Coppola and his daughter's pretty great too. I really like, um, Sophia Coppola. Her movies are pretty good. I like Marie Antoinette. I don't think I like Marie Antoinette as a person per se. I never knew her, but she sounded like she was a bit of a bitch. So moving on from her, um, moving on from Mr. Mr. Coppola, who also, I just want to say, has this uh, lovely, he has like his own vineyard um, and he has his own um, like sparkling wine and it's called Sophia and it's really nice. It's effervescent and it's bubbly and it's, it's really pretty. It comes in this like pink plastic. It's just gorgeous. It looks like something that they would drink in The Godfather. So anyways, in this movie, in this story, in this saga, in this journey, it, it, it kicks off with something just as innocent as, as, as anything could be. Besides, I think only a baby could be more innocent than a wedding, right? You know, love a guy and a girl sometimes in this movie that's what it is uh you know you've got the daughter of the uh head man in charge getting married to an absolute skis bag but I'm not going to talk about him because I don't want to I'm not ready for that storyline yet <sighs> I was like that's like the red wedding storyline for me um okay anyways um yeah, so she's getting married, and it's this big, beautiful Italian wedding. I think we're taking place in, like, the 40s, maybe late 30s. Um, but, yeah, everything is highly stylized. Um, this is, like, a gothic Italian uh, mafia western movie, basically. Um, and you're watching from this this very innocent, jovial uh you know everybody's dancing and drinking wine um you're you've just you've got this beautiful just sense of family right whether there's some dysfunction or not you know it's all it's all you know Sonny's running around looking at the bridesmaids and his wife's mad at him he's you know he's spitting on the police who are, who are waiting outside um you you've got these brothers right that's <laughs> the the daughter sister's getting married and then you have um the three Corleone brothers, right? Vito's sons. You have uh, Sonny, Fredo, and Michael. And I don't, you see a little bit of Fredo, not too much. He's the klutzy, clumsy one, and um, he's kind of the Theon Greyjoy of this family. <laughs> so, yes, without giving too much away, uh, yeah, Fredo, poor Fredo is the, uh, the Greyjoy here. And uh, then we have, well, let's get into Sonny for just a hot minute. He is the hot-headed, uh, older, freaking oldest Italian brother, uh, the prince to Dragonstone, uh, next in line for the throne, um, Vito's boy, oh my god, you guys, 
it's James Caan. Okay, if uh, if you don't know who Jimmy James Caan is, okay, uh, the dad from Elf. Okay, when uh, Buddy the Elf is on his adventure to go find his dad, James Caan, that's Sonny Corleone. Okay, and he is so hot in this movie. <laughs> he's such a bad. He's such a bad guy. Like man a guy like this would crush me this guy he's such a freaking womanizer he's got this beautiful wife but he's looking at all the freaking bridesmaids anyways whatever i'm i can't talk about him anymore um but anyways so uh yeah so we got sunny and then we've got the baby we've got michael okay little al pacino like little little al pacino like i'm getting like um Oscar Isaac, uh, a few years ago, like when his, his, uh, his very nice looking face was a little bit more baby faced. Um, I, I don't know. I think he's only like a few years. I think he might be around my age. No, he might be, I'm 33. I'm going to say my guess is that Oscar Isaac is a good 37 and a half years old. And he's probably, of Pisces or a Virgo. But anyways, this isn't about Oscar Isaac. Um, we talk about Poe Dameron for days, but anyways, um, I just, Al Pacino, um, in this wedding scene, cause I'm only going to talk about the, the, the wedding scene here. Um, in terms of just like setting up the journey here. Um, we see this like really cool shot. I'll get into more, um, of Diane Keaton, beautiful, very young. Speaking of baby actors, like tiny little baby nugget, Diane Keaton, right? She's got this big hat on and the scene is very, uh, this shot is very, um, I don't know when you just, when you notice certain things, it's like, Oh, look what they did there. Okay this shot, it pulls back from this big, um, beautiful hat she's wearing, you know, it's a, it's a wedding. So she's got this big kind of formal, uh, kind of sun hat on and it's blocking, um, the view of Michael Corleone of Al Pacino, um, our first like viewing of him. Right. And it pulls back really slowly and there he is. And he's in his, um, military uniform. He really has this, um, kind of innocent, uh, innocence to him. Um, his aura is just definitely, uh, his energy is completely different from his brothers and from his family. Um, and I'll, I'm going to end, I'm going to wrap this up with Vito cause the whole movie starts with Vito Corleone in his office during this wedding scene. And so anyways, um, finish off with Michael. Uh, he tells, Diane Keaton, his girlfriend, his date to the wedding. Um, just a real quick, uh, like this is my family and uh, it's not me, but, uh, this is what it's like because, um, they're sitting down and they see this, uh, this man is singing and he's clearly a celebrity, Johnny Fontaine. Okay. Um, you know, big singer, whatever. And, uh, so she's like, Oh my God, that's Johnny Fontaine. And he's like, do you want to meet him? And she was like, Oh my God. You know, she's all kind of like embarrassed. Um, and then he explains the story of how, um, how Johnny Fontaine was in this bad contract a long time ago, 
or however long ago, whatever the hell details, um, details, details, details. Um, so he explains how his father made an arrangement, an arrangement, um, to get him out of this, this crappy deal and into something new. And that's why he's, you know, famous, popular, whatever. Uh, and he's just like the way he says it, he's not even like really looking at her. Um, which I can kind of relate to. I don't really look at people when I talk to them. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, so he's just sort of like looking off, telling the story, um, and then just explaining like, but that's just, (laughs) but that's not me. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you've ever, if anybody's seen Sons of Anarchy, but to, uh, compare the great Godfather saga to, uh, a character from Sons of Anarchy, um, Jack's Charlie Humane, uh, Hunnam's character, uh, is constantly telling, um, his girlfriend, wife, whatever, his, his, you know, romantic counterpart throughout the, the series that, you know, this is the motorcycle life, you know, I'm going to get out of it. It's not me. I'm, I'm meant for more. I don't want to be a part of this, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get out. I'm going to get out. And this is your first, <sighs> this is the first seed that Michael Corleone plants under the, I'm getting out babe tree. Okay. And this tree just continues to grow in all sorts of different directions throughout these two stories. I, we'll see if I decide to do the third one. I'm not sure. Coppola says he wants to make a Coppola edit the way that Snyder's making the freaking Justice League Snyder um, edit. So we'll see if he gets around to it. I'm not sure that he will. You know what? I, why would I even say that? I have faith. I love this director. So hopefully within the next couple years, we'll get a freaking, um, you know, volume three, part three, Godfather, uh, so anyways, um, to get back to Michael, let's see, I don't know where the circle was supposed to come back to, but, um, yeah, so Michael, he's, uh, yeah, so he's, he's spreading this, um, he has he, planted the seed, his first like little lie. Although I think he believes it. I think he believes that he is um, going to be able to not even be a part of his family's um, business life, whatever, because um, he just got back from the military. You know, he's a, he's now he's a veteran. Um, the family has not pressured him to come in nothing like that. So he is sort of like this kind of, um, I can't, I don't know who to compare him to quite yet. Um, but yeah, he has everything set up for him to excel in the outside world. Um, but still, but still, no matter the morals, no matter what this man's high ground, no pun intended is, uh, Michael Corleone is on an Anakin Skywalker journey. Um, beyond just that, this is if this is if Vader, this is if Anakin became Vader and then Vader became Palpatine. Um, luckily, Luke Skywalker saved him from that fate. But um, yeah, if you if you saw uh, the cold, calculated, um, almost. Uh, it's not a like, almost like laziness in the eye, this sort of like, um, you see how Anakin kind of fights in Star Wars a little bit sometimes where he's almost just like, it's not a showing off. It's almost like, 
it's almost as if he could just be like he could just be sitting on like some kind of a dark throne with a lightsaber and he could just sit there and 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 work his way through a fight and it would be scary and it would be badass but it would be almost like nonchalant almost like bored and Michael Corleone is like the same like he just eventually just becomes this deep dark um character that's completely gone to the dark side and says he's always going to come back always going to come back never does never does right um so it's it's a beautiful uh, sad dark journey and that is uh that's Michael that's Al Pacino's character um I want to say about halfway through the first movie we get the catalyst um to how he is incorporated into the family and how um you know the air the spare um you know how rulership trickles down and to the ends of the crown sometimes it ends up on the most unlikely of heads and uh, that's the story with him and uh, now to get into Vito Corleone played by Marlon Brando and one Robert De Niro okay um this is like talk about a freaking character sandwich okay you've got this cream filling that is Vito Corleone's character from like you know a young man coming to uh well actually a young boy in Sicily making his way to America and uh becoming this just king of uh of his castle um you know as an older older wiser man in a Marlon Brando so what is really cool about his character arc where we see Michael is a more um is more tortured a little bit with his decisions um you know he kind of has that like you know I'm a man I've made my choice I stand by them but clearly clearly there's stuff going on behind the eyes you know um I I think that I think that Michael has a lot more regret than um, Vito ever did. I think Vito just was like, I came here. I made some choices. I will do what I have to do in order to protect my family. Um, you know, the things you do for love. And and he almost like holds that with honor in like a strangely, I almost want to say like healthy way. Like um, he's a proud man. But he's not too, yeah, he, oh my God, not to make another Star Wars comparison, but I would say if you took Michael, the youngest, the heir, you know, the, the man that gets it all. And if you put the Anakin Skywalker more tortured, you know, maybe somebody should have helped him out a little bit more, um, to get him like emotionally adjusted, right? Um, he could have been maybe okay, but that didn't happen. Um, so we've got our Anakin and Michael and then, uh, Vito Corleone is just straight up like Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, Yoda, all wrapped it, all wrapped up in one. Yes, he's on the dark side. Um, but there's not like, there's no Palpatine. There's no like Dooku vibes. You're not getting this like Sithy, like you know, that's Michael, dude. Michael is like the Sith Lord. And 
I, I just don't know why I can't wrap my head around the fact that like his father can't be put in the same category. I'm just not, I just can't let that, it's just not working for me. So anyways, um, yeah, I really like, um, the way De Niro plays the younger Vito. I haven't thought about part two Godfather in a while. Um, because in the first one you see Marlon Brando playing, um, the older patriarch version, um, Don version of, of Vito Corleone, right? His sons are all grown up, you know, families, um, his daughter, you know, is getting married, getting ready to have her family. Um, but in the second one, as we see Michael come into his, uh, crown and his rulership of this family, um, and even a location change, uh, we see the storyline of a younger Vito, um, played by De Niro coming to America, trying to set up his, uh, wife and young children up for success, you know, for just like to survive. Um, and you see that there is, a there's one, uh, mafia boss, you know, guy in charge and, um, and Vito, his, his slyness, his cunningness is just very soft, very quiet. Um, don't even hardly see it coming. Um, he's just uh, more guarded, I guess. I don't even know. I'm just trying to think of another bad guy to compare him to, but it's really hard. So anyways, um, that's kind of like the gist of, um, of like the saga here, at least for part one and for part two, um, you know, the, the, the Godfather is the story of, um, the end of Vito and the beginning of Michael. And, uh, part two is the rise of Michael and the beginning of, of, of Vito. And, um, there's, there's a few more beginnings and endings that occur, throughout these two films and um I mean just to talk about the third one for a hot second because again I'm not sure if I'm gonna watch it and talk about it but um Andy Garcia is in it and even Sofia Coppola Francis Ford Coppola put his daughter in it because I think Winona Ryder got like super sick or something and couldn't be in it um I even think Bridget Fonda is in there for so what on earth uh Bridget Fonda even had to do with the third godfather um can't remember maybe she played a reporter but you know it's besides the point all that matters is um i feel like i i i hope i hope you're set up for this uh for this journey again this is beautiful gothic italian um couture wear here okay this is like this isn't freaking going into Walmart and just grabbing a white t-shirt and throwing it on. Okay. This is like putting on a gown that was made for you by hand by like a bunch of different seamstress women, like with like cracked like hands, like we've been doing this for years, handcrafted each little delicate piece of lace perfectly meant to be where it's supposed to be. Okay. And then at the end, you have this beautiful, stunning, one-of-a-kind, like, bajillion-dollar gown that, like, you can only wear one time because that's how the laws of this world work right now. That's what this Godfather is. It's the most beautiful, stunning piece of clothing you'll ever put on your body. And it is a feast for the eyes. The visuals are beautiful. Um, 
it's just a beautiful, beautiful movie to just look at. And uh, man, if you haven't seen this and you're ready to go on this journey, I am so excited. Let's buckle up. Let's freaking, you know, let's just hop on the plane. Let's go to New York. Let's get in the time machine. Let's go back to the 40s. Okay. And, uh, you know, the next episode, POV, baby. We're going to be, um, we're going to be at the Corleone wedding. We're going to be watching her get married. We're going to be dancing, drinking wine, um, hanging out with Sunny, you know, spitting by the cops, smashing paparazzi cameras. It's going to be a great time. It's not going to be like a Dothraki wedding. Wedding. Um, some people might die because, again, this is mafia Italian wedding. Um, but, you know, I don't want to stereotype anybody. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll see you guys next on our on our big wedding date. That's going to be really, it's really cool. Remember weddings? <laughs> Remember when you could go places? I think, um, I think we're getting there again. I think, are we, are we allowed to go places again? I think if you, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about quarantine. I don't want to talk about coronavirus. Um, but yeah, happy Friday. I hope everybody had a great week and, um, I hope this weekend kicks ass for everyone. Um, when you hear from me next time, we'll be talking about part one of the Godfather. We will be journeying into Michael Corleone's descent into the deep, dark world of, uh, being the Lord of the Mafia. I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the accurate title. So, all right. Thank you guys for joining me and I will see you next time. Stay curious.